powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Let's make our confession of faith together. Hallelujah. Say, I'm ready to receive. Say, I'm ready to receive. Say, I'm ready to receive. Say, this message will transform my thinking, propel my life. Great days are here now. Lift your Bibles or lift your hands or your mobile device and let's make our confession of faith together. I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest. I come to God as I am but I won't stay as I am because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on 10 and I win in Jesus' name. Remain standing for just a moment. Uh, On 10 is the colloquialism that means I'm experiencing the best of the best. Say, I'm on 10. All right. Go to John 13, 7. John 13, 7. John 13, 7. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John was the beloved apostle that Jesus loved. Jesus loved John so much and John loved Jesus so much that in public they'd be seen laying on one another. Bible says that John laid his head on the master's bosom. They were sitting up at the dinner table and everybody else was sitting eating and John had his head laid up on Jesus because Jesus loved him so much and he loved Jesus so much that they had a connectivity that he did not have with the other. So much connectivity that he gave him great revelation uh, called the apocalypto where we get our word apocalypse which means the revelation or the uncovering. Somebody say John had it special. It's amazing what access you can get when you have genuine love. There's an old saying that says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. John cared, so John received great revelation. John 13 and 7. Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing right now, you don't get it. You don't understand it. But you will know when? After this. I'm going to read the verse again. Because some of y'all think, if you were hitting 915, you think you know where I'm going. No, you don't. Jesus answered and said to him, what I'm doing, you do not understand. Anybody had some stuff this year? 
where it happened and you were like, God, I do not understand this. It makes no sense to me. I can't figure it out. Why is this happening to me? Now, just so you know, as far as I'm concerned, this year is over. So the rest of the messages I'm going to be ministering the rest of this year to get you ready for what's to come. I'm done with 16. Doesn't even say me too. Because I don't know about you, 2016 has been both the best of times and simultaneously the worst of times. Who am I preaching to? Jesus said, I know you ain't going to understand it now, but you will know after this. Somebody say today is after this. I'm getting ready to understand Father, speak to us now that we will move and walk in what you have ordained. Tell him, may customize this word for us, your people. Make it such that people would think there's been cameras in their houses over these last few weeks. Speak today in the name of Jesus. Do something supernatural in this atmosphere. Set us free from bad mentalities. Set us free from discouragement. Set us free from feeling like defeats and give us victory today. Your word says that you always lead us into triumph, which means it ain't win or lose for us. It's win or learn. And today, everything we've not understood over the next 30 minutes we shall understand every betrayal we didn't understand every situation we didn't understand in the next 30 minutes we gonna understand today somebody say today I will understand because my today is my after this in Jesus name would you do me a favor introduce this message title to somebody and tell them that's not who you are it's who you were that's not who you are that's who you were you can be seated today mm -hmm. we are in a life-giving message series real good life-giving message series called american idols to demolish misinformation and misunderstandings about god's word and today i want you to understand that watch this say two things what has hurt you deepest has actually helped you most. But I also need you to understand that the tests you went through were designed to challenge who you are. Somebody say, what I've been going through has been designed to challenge who I am. Make me doubt who God made me to be. But just touch your neighbor even before we get there in the message and just tell them, say, but you've been passing the test. Say, you've been doing real good, better than you knew. John 13, 7 illuminates a potent principle for us that there are certain things that can happen in your life now that make no sense. Certain betrayals, certain failures, certain losses, certain instances, uh, people walking out of your life, people walking into your life, losing things, losing cars, losing houses, uh, losing your mind for a moment, uh, having human moments, going up, going down, going left, going right. There are certain things that can happen in your life that the truth be told, you don't understand it now. And quite frankly, your neighbor has had some stuff going on in their life uh, where the truth be told while they're shouting today they've still been asking themselves why in the world did that happen John 13 7 illuminates the principle that sometimes you go through stuff and while you're in it you do not understand it until a day comes in your life where you look back at it and say OMG that's text language for oh my god and just so you know, I'm not using his name in vain because God's not his name. God is a title. His name is Jehovah in English, Yahweh in the Hebrew. God is simply a title that refers to deity. Until you look back and you get to a day where you look back and said, oh my goodness, that was so necessary. It hurt like heaven, hell, and earth while I was in it. But when I look back on it, it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Can I tell you, it was some low down dirty stuff that got you to church today. It was some of the hell you went through that got you praying in the first place. It was some family drama that pushed you to God in the first place. It was some financial loss that made you open to being invited to church in the first place. What hurts you most helps you deepest, but sometimes when you're in it, it makes no sense. Can I get a witness in here? 
Would you high five your neighbor and say, while I was going through it, I didn't understand it, but I'm about to through this message. This year, somebody say this year. It has been God's desire for harvesters and anyone connected to us to be on 10, which is a modern colloquialism and in biblical numerology, it means to experience the best of the best. And I want to take you back to the series I'm on 10 and the series messages from Motown to remind you of what this means because some of you didn't understand uh, what, why this year has had to be like it's been for you. And I don't know about you, I can deal with some stuff if I got a why. I can deal with some pain if I got a why. I can deal with some hurt if I have a why. I can deal with some loss if I have a why. But the most difficult stuff to deal with is when I'm sitting saying to myself, why is this happening? And I do not understand it. Uh, would you touch your neighbor and say, you're getting ready to though. You're getting ready to. Watch this. This year, this year, somebody say this year. I told you uh, as we were coming into this year that it was God's desire for you to be on 10, which means to experience the best of the best. Here's what you didn't understand. You didn't understand what that process looked like. You just thought that to get to the best, God was just going to put you up there uh, the way that you were. But God says, I've been making you into a whole new version of you so that you wouldn't respond to stuff the way you used to. Uh, you're patient now like you've never been. You're kind now like you've never been. You pray now like you've never prayed. You serve now like you've never served. I wasn't going to put something out of order and put it on top. So I gave you these 10 things. On 10 is when you walk in a new order. That new order was the order of the kingdom. Matthew 6, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Jesus doesn't say to seek him. He says to seek what is important to him. And when he says to seek what is important to him, he says, seek ye first the kingdom, which means I make what's important to God important to me. And when I do that, say it brings order. Come on, talk to me. 11, 15, say it brings order. There are certain things you need to understand in your life. God says, why in the world would I breathe life into it if it's out of order? Why would I give it power if it's out of order? Why would I bless it if it's out of order? I don't know about you, but if there's any parents in the place, you know that there are certain things you've wanted to give your children that you could not give your children because they were out of order. And when they're out of order, you say, I want to bless you. I want to do something for you, but you got to get this room in order. Y'all not saying nothing. I want to do something for you, but you need to get your attitude in order. I, I, I want to get you that new car, but your grades are out of order. So this year, God has been bringing order into your life. And that's why it's been so loud. That's why it's been so messy. That's why it's been so dirty. It's because God says, we finna clean up some of the disorder that's been going on in your life. But number two was that on 10 is when new order opens up new power. See, God cannot give power to something or authority to something when it is out of order. God always brings order, then he gives power. Say order, order. then power. Even in Genesis, the first thing God did is he says, let there be light. Now, the light he was talking about wasn't the sun and the moon and the stars because those were not created until later on in the chapter. The light he was talking about, he said, let there be the knowledge of me. And whenever God shows up, order shows up. If you ever grew up in a home, I know not you, but somebody you knew, where perhaps they had an insect infestation, there was one way you could get rid of the insect infestation. You just flip on the lights. And whenever you turned on the light, all of a sudden, everything that shouldn't have been there would scatter. This year, God says, I've been turning on the light in your life. And that's why some folks scatter. That's why some people scatter. That's why your money scattered. That's why some stuff went down the way it did. Because I needed to bring some order into your life. Because I wasn't going to give you power until there was order. Are you still here? 
Now, when we talk about power, church folks sometimes talk about power and don't understand what power means. Power isn't the absence of problems. Power is the ability to properly handle problems. See, watch this. You want to be a king and a priest, Revelation 1, 6, you got to fight king's battles. Watch this. Uh, David, the little shepherd boy could deal with lions and, and, and bears. But a king's going to have to take a Goliath down. This year, I know I'm preaching to you because you'll holler at me one time. This year, you've dealt with some of the biggest obstacles you've ever faced in your entire life. That's proof that you got an order and now you had power. Touch your neighbor and say, that's proof I got power. Yeah, I should have lost my mind, but I didn't. I know I got power. Should have gave up, but I didn't. I know I got power. Should have cussed everybody out, but I didn't. I know I got power. I wanted to give up on God and church, but I didn't. I know I got power. I'm not saying nothing. Touch your neighbor and say, I know I got power now. Number three is arm 10 is when your thankfulness changed the odds. Everything with God is possible. Not all things with God are probable. And most people get obsessed with the impossibilities that God can do, not realizing that there are probabilities in which God operates. What do you mean, Bishop? You could lay your hands on yourself and say, stomach, become a six-pack. You could do that. Touch your neighbor and say, that's possible. It's more probable, though, you're going to have to go get like me. You're going to have to get you one of them rollers and just roll it out. Roll it to the right, roll it to the left. That's getting your obliques. But that way it's like plackety plow versus just plow. You want plackety plow. Touch your neighbor and say, everything with God is possible. Not everything is probable. But on 10 is when your thankfulness changes the odds. So that not only is stuff impossible becomes possible, but then things that are improbable become probable. Let me prove it to you. This year, some of the stuff you've dealt with, if you check the statistics, most people wouldn't have been able to get through it like you did. If you check the odds, you should be laid up in a hospital somewhere. If you check the odds, you should have lost your mind and been in an insane asylum somewhere. If you check the odds, you should be locked up behind bars. But God says your thankfulness has changed the odds. And so what was impossible became possible. And what was improbable is now probable. I'm just reviewing, got to get these serious. But then I told you on 10 is when freedom begins. We talked about how it was after 10 plagues that God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and when he brought them out of Egypt watch this deliverance wasn't the hard thing transformation was see they came out of Egypt overnight 430 years were changed overnight there's some stuff in your life that you prayed for and it happened just like that (laughs) it didn't even take God that long you prayed for it on Sunday Monday morning there were thought you knew watch this he brought them out of Egypt overnight but it took decades to get Egypt out of them so real freedom watch this isn't being necessarily in a different place physically real freedom is that place no longer being in you real freedom ain't coming out of a bad relationship real freedom is that bad relationship is out of you I want to preach today I feel it here real freedom ain't being out of a mess real freedom is you ain't messy even though you've been through a mess I feel like preaching here. Real freedom ain't that you're out the drama. Real freedom is that you don't give other people the drama you've been through. Tell your neighbor, say, it's freedom, it's freedom, it's freedom. And the reason you know you've gotten free from some stuff is because some stuff that used to shake you up, it happened to you this year, and you just said to yourself, well, 
to God be the glory. Well, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to choose to rejoice and be made glad. You blew your own mind about how you responded. But then number five, I told you on 10 is when Absalom's are struck down. Remember, I'm, I've already talked to you this early in the year. I'm reviewing it to get to the one I want to get you to, to teach you from today. On 10 is when Absalom's are struck down. Say Absalom. Absalom was David's son, and David's son, Absalom, tried to have a coup on him to take the government from his father. So watch this. So he would endear people to himself to turn them from his daddy. You've had some folk that got in your circle to turn people to them, and then they turn on you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Can I get ten? Can I get ten? Can I get ten? Can I get 11? Can I get 11? 12, 12, 12, 12, can I get 13? 13. It's some folks that truth be told, you said to yourself, I don't know if I should let this person all off up in my circle. But you did it calling yourself being kind, calling yourself being merciful to have only invited your own Judas in. So Absalom, Absalom is David's son, and David's son tries to turn the people to him and away from his father, David. And it's amazing because then if the story goes on, make a long story short, uh, David's mighty men, say his mighty men. See, there's some folk in your life that when you're weak, that they, they will be there to be the strength that you need to be. And it won't even be so much, watch this, watch this, it won't even be so much what they say, it'll just be that they're there. That's why when you come to church, sometimes it ain't even nothing I say. It is just because you say, wait a minute, there's a strength in here. There's a rulership in here. There's a dominion in here. And I felt weak out there, but when I stepped in 14100, all of a sudden, I felt like I could rule, felt like I could reign, felt like I could conquer and subdue. So David's mighty men are there, and as his mighty men are there, they take down Absalom, who is David's son. And it's amazing because Absalom had David on the run. A lot of those songs David wrote that we sing about today were because he was on the run from his son that tried to take the kingdom from him. Isn't it something when you're on the run from what you birthed? <laughs> mm -hmm. Isn't it something that when you're scared of who you brought life to, y'all ain't said nothing. Isn't it something that the one you let live is now the one trying to take you out? Some people are like the mafia. They got to lie on you so you can't tell the truth about them. Nobody's ever had that happen? Absalom now, he's trying to turn the people towards himself, and so he tries to have a coup. David's on the run from him, and David's mighty men take him out. Say they take him out. But here's the truth about it. David starts mourning Absalom. David starts sitting up crying. He says, Absalom, my son, my son is dead. And one of David's mighty men walks in and says, this is how you repay us? He says, David, you're crazy. He said, watch this, David, you're spiritual, but you're crazy. You're a man after God's own heart, but you're crazy. Because you hate those that love you, and you love those that hate you. It's amazing how many folk are loyal to people that are disloyal to them, that are faithful to people that are unfaithful to them, that y'all not going to say nothing to me. Have you ever sat up and said, what's wrong with me that I can't get them to be faithful and loyal to me, yet they sitting here chasing crazy this and that? Then one of David's mighty man, he says, listen, you hate those that love you and you love those that hate you. He said, I'm going to tell you what, David, you better stop that crown over that boy. That boy was the, he tried to take the kingdom from you. He tried to steal what you were given and steal what you were built. He was an enemy. Watch this. But he was close to you. So you thought you could change him. I want to talk to somebody. 
Sometimes you will think that you can change people uh, that are around you and you can turn a snake. And, and, okay, y'all not going to say Sometimes you'll think you can change somebody. You can turn somebody around. You know you should have dropped them a long time ago, but you keep telling yourself they're close enough to me. So if I keep on praying, if I keep on anointing them with oil, if I keep on getting them prayer cloths, a snake is a snake is a snake is a snake and you ain't going to be able to change it. Your prayers have dominion over you, nobody else. You just missed that. You said, Bishop, I'm just praying that they change. Your prayer doesn't have that dominion. You have dominion over you, not over other people. Bishop, how do you know that? That's the reason why God created judgment. Judgment was a way to punish those that got out of line. You missed it. Which means even God says if they don't want to do that, I can't make them. Adam, if you don't want to do it my way, I can't make you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No, no, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Say Absalom. Say it again, say Absalom. Now, here's what I need you to get. Watch this. What ends up happening is David's mighty men, they take him down. And when they take him down, David ends up saying, I'm mourning over my son's death. My son is dead, and, and I can't believe that he's dead. And his mighty man says to him, you love those that hate you, and you hate those that love you. And when he says all of that, what ends up happening is that he now has got misplaced emotions because he's thinking to himself, I should have let him live. He's thinking to himself, I, I should have I I handled this differently. Have you ever been sitting up, looking back on a situation and saying, well, I wish, I, maybe I should have done this differently. Maybe I should have handled this differently. Now, you were dealing with a snake, but yet you try to convince yourself that maybe you could have handled the snake differently. You were dealing with the disloyal, but you try to convince yourself that maybe you could have handled the disloyal differently. Maybe I should have prayed again. Maybe I should have fasted again. Maybe Some of you do this with your family folk. Now you're like, well, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. And you're sitting up in torture and torment because you keep thinking that you can change folk that don't want to be changed. Are you still here? Watch this. What ends up happening is that Absalom now is struck down and David starts mourning him. And as he starts mourning him, his mighty men have to check him and say, you hate those that love you. You love those that hate you. You have misplaced loyalty, David. Let me tell you what this year has been about. About you reevaluating your loyalties. This year has been about you reevaluating the folk you're loyal to, the folk that you always run to, the folk, watch this, the folk that make you miss church, the folk that make you miss prayer, the folks where you take your tithes from to pay their bills and this and that. This year has been making you evaluate your loyalties. Watch this, because God says there's some Absaloms you wouldn't dismiss, so I did it for you. Which is why they were in your life on Sunday, and then by Monday afternoon, they wouldn't even look at you face to face. They quit you on text put you on email tweeted you a quit and let me tell you don't you go running chasing not name one of them that's a southern colloquialism for any of them because God says I needed to strike down every Absalom because what I'm birthing in your life now you can't have folk just sucking the life out of you you can't have folk that are just training you around you you need some mighty men and some mighty women around you which means until I can fit some in your life I'll kick everybody else out your life Number six was on 10 is when God smites your enemies just when they least expect it as you release the desire to retaliate. God has been forcing you to forgive this year, which is the reason why stuff keeps coming back across your face. 
You're missing it. Stuff keeps getting thrown in your face. You keep seeing folk. You, you say to yourself, I've forgiven. And then you see them. And then all of a sudden your blood's like. Starts boiling. And don't let them look happy. No witnesses? Can I get one, two, three? Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead, go God says, I'm forcing you to forgive this year because you don't, watch this, you don't have time for unforgiveness. It takes too much of your thought time. It takes too much of your emotional time. It takes too much of your spiritual time. You're sitting up here worried and making idols out of folk that ain't even present no more. Say, I've been forced to forgive. And God says, and until you do, I'm going to keep throwing it in your face over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Because here's what you do. You come to church and, Lord, I just release it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'll just release it. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just release it. And, and I'm going to be good. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be all right. And everything's going to be fine. And then Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon, you get a little test. You went to the mall you don't never go to. You say you're going to run in there for five minutes. That five minutes just happened to be the five. Who am I preaching to? Just happened to be the five minutes you like. I don't even want what I came in here to buy no more. Get it on Amazon. Don't even want it no more. Two-day shipping prime. Watch this. Say he's forcing you to forgive. Mm-hmm. Which means, watch this, watch this. Touch your neighbor and say, let it go already. Here's the next thing I told you. Number seven, on 10 is what hurts you deepest, helps you most. You need to get the 915 message for that. And then uh, 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 number eight was this. On 10 is when you reach the end of a test for promotion. And that's what I want to talk about today. Say, I've reached the end. That's no, no, no. Ooh, for no. Okay. All right. Let's try that again. Say, I've reached. The end of this test, promotion time. Look at me, 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 look at me. 2016 has been nothing but a long test. You, 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 let me talk to the people watching on the digital campuses. 2016 has been nothing but a prolonged test for you. And here's the good news. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, I got great news for you. This test, this long one, that's been the whole year, just ended. That ain't how you respond when something like that is announced over your life. That's not how you respond when something like that is decreed over your life. Now says, I know what some of y'all are saying. He's got the power to end it. Sure do. Isaiah 48, 7. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. What's this? Let me help you out. Isaiah 48, 7. Say Isaiah 48, 7. Now, now I want you to see Isaiah 48, 7. It says, uh, the things. Now, we're going to read it in New King James. I'm going to tell you what it says in the Amplified, which is another translation of the Bible. God says, there's things I'm doing in your life that are created now that weren't, watch this, part of the original plan. Not from the beginning. And before this day, 
you haven't heard it. Lest you do like you always do and say, I knew that. It was going to happen. Here's what Amplified says. It's created now, released by the prophetic word, decreed by your man of God. That's what Amplified says. You're going to look it up for yourself. Say by the prophetic word. So I'm going to say this one more time and then maybe I'll stop or maybe I don't know what I'll do. We'll see. But maybe this is the wrong experience. Maybe I got them mixed up today. Maybe I miss all the times. This long test called 2016 that you thought would never ever end that you kept saying I don't know how many more days I can take of this. Isaiah 48, 7 it ends right now. That ain't how you act when somebody says something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, say, it's over. Now, now, let me tell you what it was doing, though. Because we shout off of that. Now, I need to put some, some, some structure to that. Say, we shouted. Now, we need structure. Isaiah 48, 3. I have declared former things from my beginning as it went forth from my mouth. Now, uh, uh, as we were coming into this year, we went to this scripture, Isaiah 48, 3. It was a scripture that was written uh, concerning Jacob. Jacob was the surger. The past calendar year, we talked about surging. That's a quick, fast expedient move upward it's an upward movement and so we talked about how this scripture was really tailor-made for us any surgers in the place any certain you got to get that serious jacob was a man that the story concerning his life was always twisted see he was called a trickster but the reality is he wasn't a trickster he just knew how to take advantage of opportunities other people treated poorly Anybody ever had the story of your life misrepresented where people call you this when the truth is you're the exact opposite of that? People say, you're so this, and you're like, that's not even true. I'm not that way at all. Oh, you just think this. You just act like this. And sometimes you can say to yourself, well, what's the worth trying if everybody's going to misinterpret what my story is? That's how Jacob's life was. Everybody misinterpreted what the story was. So he's called a trickster when really he's a supplanter, and a supplanter isn't a negative word. It means one who supersedes, which means I was better than the other one. Don't get mad at me because God's been good to me. I just touch the neighbor and say, I was just better than the other one. Not arrogant. I just faithful. Now, see, the other folks would quit when it got hard. You just kept on. The other folks would stop praying when it got hard. You just kept on going. The other folks would stop coming to church when it got hard, but you just kept on. Isaiah 48, verse number three. I have declared the former things from the beginning. They went forth from my mouth, and I caused them to hear it. Suddenly, I did them, and they came to pass. This year, watch this. I know I'm talking to you. This year, you had some quick ups and some quick downs. And matter of fact, you can have it all happen within a matter of moments. When it, uh, at the beginning of the day, you can be like, I'm on 10. It's going to be great. I commanded my day. Ten minutes into the office, like, oh, my God, this is the worst day ever. Some of y'all's silence is really beginning to mess with your neighbor. Touch your neighbor say, you might as well be real in church. Uh, you might as well get free. Sometimes you just got to holler to get free. That's all it is. It's not emotionalism because you can be emotional without being spiritual. You can't be spiritual without being emotional. Watch this. He said, he said, and caused them to hear it suddenly. Say suddenly. Uh, there were some folk that you thought were just like this Sunday night. Suddenly, you awoke to a text. You awoke to an email. The last conversation made you think everything was great. Then all of a sudden, psh, suddenly, 
Anybody had some of that happen this year? You were feeling real good about your finances. Suddenly you went to the mailbox. Suddenly you started rebuking and binding. Binding and rebuking. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You felt real good about where that relationship was headed. Then suddenly, ain't nobody going to say nothing. You thought your children were really making some progress. Then suddenly you checked the backpack. I wish I had real people at church today. Y'all not saying nothing. You felt real good about that new purchase. Didn't suddenly it broke down on you? Verse 4. I said, say quick ups, quick downs. That's what this year has had for you. Some quick ups, some quick down. Quick up, quick down. In fact, that's why you felt like it's a roller coaster because as soon as you got up to the top, it was like drop. Then you start cranking up to the top. This is good, this is good, this is good, this is good. Drop. And you're like, oh, God, this is it. Oh, Lord, oh, I feel it. Thank you, Jesus. I know, no, 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 no. Drop. Verse 4, because I knew you were obstinate and your neck was an iron sinew and your brow was bronze. Obstinate means that you're stubborn even after being talked to, so God has to take you through. Will you just be honest with yourself? That, watch this. Well, there are some areas you're very malleable. There are some areas in your life where you have been very obstinate, stubborn. Okay, y'all ain't going to be honest in church today. Let me tell you, all the stubborn folks just sat there and acted like it wasn't them. I don't know what he's talking about. You that stubborn. You won't, even, you won't even admit to your stubbornness. So let's try this one more time. Does anybody know there's some areas in your life you've been obstinate and stubborn? Anybody? Okay, okay, okay. All right, watch this. God says, I needed you to go through some quick ups and downs because I needed you to let go of who you were. And the only way to do that is since you were too stubborn to listen, I had to take you through some stuff that broke you. And when you were broken, then I could talk to you because you wouldn't hear me while you thought you were strong. You wouldn't hear me when everything was going good. I kept telling you that wasn't a friend and a foe, but you wouldn't hear me. So I had to let them hurt you so you wouldn't. What's this? What's this? What's this? Verse 5. Even now from the beginning I've declared it to you before it came to pass. I proclaim to you lest you should say my idol has done them. Here's the series. My carved image and my molded image have commanded them. What's this? Watch this. What's hurt you this year has taken down some idols. Maybe your money was an idol and you thought it was your source, not a resource. So God said, I'll let your money dry up. Maybe your credit was an idol. So God says, I'm going to let your credit get a little funny and your change get a little strange. Maybe it's your addiction to applause. Maybe you always need people to say you're doing a good job because you don't know how to encourage yourself because you feel like since your mama didn't encourage you, your daddy didn't encourage you, why won't somebody else encourage you? Not understanding. Sometimes you got to look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are the curse breaker. Sometimes you got to lay hands on yourself and say, if don't nobody else love you, I love you. I dare you to just do it right now. Wrap your hands around yourself and say, I love me some you. Sometimes you got to wake yourself up and look yourself in the mirror and say, you were built for this. You better shut up your crying, shut up your complaining, and make it do what it do. Handle business. I had to do that so much this year. I was reacquainted with me. Yeah, I'm not saying nothing. Verse 5. 
Even from the beginning, I declared to you before it came to pass. And proclaim to you, lest you should say, my idol has done them. God says, I needed to take some idols down. Maybe there's some people you keep around in your life that are projects that you keep around to feel needed. See, I knew it'd get quiet there. It always gets quiet there. Because all of the project people get quiet. Because there's some folk you keep in your life, you know they're beneath 10. But the presence of somebody makes you at least feel like, well, I'm not, I, you know, they don't bring none to, watch this. I'm just passing time. They serve no purpose. But at least they're present. And so you keep projects around. And you keep projects around because it makes you feel needed. Because we all like to feel needed. Which is the reason why you run away good people because they don't need you. Okay, I feel it. I feel it here. I'm going to help myself. <laughs> You run away good folk because they don't need you. They don't need you to fix them. They don't need you to help them. In fact, finally, God sent somebody in your life to help you. So if they ain't got problems, you're like, I don't know. Too good to be true. Too good to be true. Because you're used to projects. Mm-hmm. Some of y'all ain't saying nothing to me. That's all right. I'm built for it. I know the words that's getting in your Kool-Aid. What's the flavor? Now some of you are like, you don't understand that. Red isn't a flavor. I know, that's the joke. Don't miss the joke because you're being too deep. Deuteronomy 22.10. Some of you, this year, God needs to take the idols down of Deuteronomy 22.10. Put it up in the King James Version, and I want the church to read it. I'm not going to read it. You should be very well acquainted with this verse. Come on, Deuteronomy 22.10, King James Version. They're going to put that up for you. One, two, ready, read. Now, lead that up. Let me just give you a real simple imagery. On 10. X, Roman numerics. Now, I've talked in great depth about this. You got to get the messages about that. Say, I'm an ox. I have no business with the other animals in the text. You like getting stuff done. But sometimes you'll pull people in your space that don't. And you'll say, I'll get more done because I have this and that around, not realizing what do donkeys do? They always buck. And when they buck, they slow up your progress. They tire you. So some idols, God says, I needed to take some of the Deuteronomy 22 tens out your life. Some of them, he said, I need to get rid of some of the folk that you've been holding on to, some of the friends you've been holding on to, because truth be told is that they're nothing but a Deuteronomy 22 10. You still here? Here it is. Back to Isaiah 48 and 8. I'm almost done. Surely you did not hear. God says, there's some stuff you just wouldn't listen to. You came to church every week asking for a word. I gave you a word. And then you leave like, I'm just not sure. You just didn't like my answer. So you went back to pray about me, God says. What do you mean? You got your answer, didn't like the answer. Lord, let me ask the question another way. Watch this. And so, watch this. Your neighbor's so deep, your neighbor's so deep, they knew not to ask at all. Because they already knew heaven would have said, no way, Jose. No way, Jose. No taco with that today. I like tacos. Watch this. <laughs> Verse 8. 
You, should, you did not hear. You did not know. From long ago, your ear wasn't open. Look, look at me. Something happened where you started harboring bitterness against God. Look what he says. From long ago, your ear wasn't open. I knew you would deal very treacherously and you were called a transgressor from the womb. Transgressor means I know not to do it. I'm going to do it anyhow. God says, God says, so I had to take you through some stuff this year where you would have no choice to hear me because since you wouldn't hear me, I put it in front of your face so you'd see me and see it so you'd have no choice but to look at it and hear me. <laughs> Verse 9, for my name's sake, I will defer my anger and for my praise, I will restrain it from you so that I do not cut you off. The good news is this, as God says, because you kept a praise this year, Remember, as far as I'm concerned, we out the next, we out of this year. We, I'm, I'm setting you up for the next year. I don't know about you, but that's exciting news to me. I got my bags packed, ready to get the heck up out of 2016. Let somebody send me a plane ticket. I am out of 2016. I just deuces. Deuces is an urban colloquialism, which means I'm coming out very quickly. Verse 9. For my name's sake, I will defer my anger, and for my praise, I will restrain it from you so that I do not cut you off. Say, my praise kept God from cutting me off because let's just tell the truth there's some stuff we've done that truth be told what we deserve is for God to say but I love him so much and you should love him too that even when he could have cut us off he didn't cut us off and it's your praise that did that for you I dare you to just give him a thanksgiving praise that he didn't cut you off should be dead should be in the grave should have lost your mind should have lost your house should have lost your car but y'all here it is i'm getting to the message verse 10 behold interesting verse 10 see he always plays the numbers even when i ain't even trying to get him to play the numbers behold just just do this real quick like like you gotta you know play just behold now, now, get real good with it. You got to tap your foot, too. Now, if you got to stand up to do it, kind of like, bang, okay, you know. <laughs> There's this man I remember from years ago that when he'd praise God, he'd praise God so passionately, and he would just. I mean, he'd be going in, and I'm like, God, dog, I want to praise like that. Jeez, that's incredible. Man, what is he saying down there? He got a direct connect. I mean, that's like old Nextel phone. I mean, him and God is like this. Do, do the behold with me. One more time. Okay, just one more time. All right, what's the verse? Behold, I have refined you. Say, I'm not the same me. I was when I started this year. He says, behold, I have refined you, but watch this next part, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Okay, one thing I want you to see from the verse, say he refined me. To refine something is to very simply put in its most rudimentary form means to make it better. In fact, not just to make it better, but to make it its best form. Say everything that's happened this year has been necessary to refine me 
to make me my best form. See, I dare somebody to just slap your neighbor a high five and just say, I'm the best me I've ever been. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because when you change, things around you can begin to change. You're the best you you've ever been. I know you may have lost some stuff. I know you may have lost some people. I know you may have lost this or that. But you, you're the best you you've ever been. But it took this year to get you there. Watch it. But we often incorrectly think about things that happen in our lives, which brings us to the message. Matthew chapter number four. We're talking about Jesus. Say Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus had to be tempted in everything and tested in every way that we were tempted so that we would have a high priest that would understand, which means when we pray to God, we're not praying like he doesn't get it. He gets it. He gets when you feel lonely. He gets when you feel not good enough. He gets when you feel like thrown in the town. He gets it because he had to endure it. See, he is, can I teach you for a moment? He is, you know this, the Theanthropos, the God man. So much God you can't believe he's a man. So much man you can't believe he's God. He had to do that so that when you pray to him, your prayers would not just simply be petitions to a man that doesn't understand, but your prayers would be petitions to a God that says, I've been there, I get it, and I beat it, and if I beat it, you can too. Are you still here? Now, watch this, Matthew 4, verse 1. Say, that's not who I am. That's what in the world does that have to do with this? I'm going to take you there, Matthew 4, 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. If this was a 915, touch your neighbors, say, Satan, bless me. But it's not a 915. Jesus was led up by the Spirit where? Into the wilderness. Where? To be tempted. What did Jesus do wrong? Nothing. Now let's just be truthful though. A lot of wildernesses we walk into. But let's be honest. There's some stuff that happened in this year that you had nothing to do with. Most of that stuff involves other people. Jesus was led up by the what? The spirit. Say he was led up, which means, watch this, it wasn't his choice. God says you won't operate at this level of life anymore. So to be on 10, I got to lead you up there and the path up there is through the wilderness. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I got to take you through a wilderness. I got to take you through the wilderness of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine to get you to 10. Say he was led by the Spirit. Talk to me, church. Say he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Now, here it is by the devil. Verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hangry. Hangry is a new word, newfangled word that just means he's hungry and angry, but he's angry because he's hungry. So he's hangry because he's both at the same time. You know how you get. Some of y'all call it a spiritual attack. It ain't a spiritual attack. You need to eat. <laughs> Doesn't it say sometimes you're not yourself when you're hungry? Really, church? Y'all really going to sit there and act like, oh, no, I'm spiritual all day. Oh, I'm spiritual all day. Don't eat breakfast and don't eat lunch. And let one of your coworkers come with some foolishness. You love the Lord. 
but there might be a very robust conversation in the break room. What's this? Say he was hangry. Now, he's weak physically and emotionally, fasting 40 days and 40 nights. We don't know if it was a water-only fast. We don't know if it was a nothing fast. We don't know. The Bible's not clear. But we just know he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, which means he's altered his diet. And when he alters his diet for those 40 days and 40 nights, he's now hangry. He's weak physically and emotionally. And then at that point, another voice shows up to test what he really believed. You want to take tests when you're strong. God only gives them when you're not. You want to take tests when you feel like a man of steel or a woman of steel. God's like, no, let me check out Clark. You want to take a test when you're Batman. God says, let's do it when you're Bruce. You want to take a test when you're at the best of the best. Think about it. We've been programmed to do that in life. We study for tests. So you'll get all this information. And see, I never did that. God was just good to me. If I studied, I'd fail. I don't, any other witness? If I, I shouldn't say fail because I, I get like a C. But because but, <laughs> I did not tolerate the Fs. No, wasn't God's will for me, for me. But if I studied, I'd forget everything. I'd be like, Jesus is love. God is faithful. Which of these two go together? Don't none of them go together. They all out of order. They didn't fast and pray. I don't know. You know, what is X? I, you tell me what X is. You the one asking questions. You need to know what it is, you know. I get in negotiations and stuff. I'd be like, no, wait, let's talk about this. So I, I paid for it later in Bible college. It was a Bible college student that always liked to negotiate stuff. And <laughs> so I paid for it later on. But anyway, but, but watch this, watch this. Uh, we study for tests. So we always think we're going to be at our best when we test. That's not how heaven gives them, though. Heaven says, are they kind of weak right now? Send the test. Are they not expecting this right now? Send the test. Is this going to catch them off guard? Send the test. Why test them when they're strong? Test them when they're weak and not expecting it. Because what you really know is tested when you're weak. What you memorized is tested when you're strong. Did you catch that? What you really know is tested when you're weak. What you memorize is tested when you're strong. See, when you're strong, you'll just start speaking scriptures that you got from church. This is a test, but I am prepared. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. God is making a way out of no way. I'm doing that. But when you're weak, somebody like, you want to read the scripture? I don't want to talk about the Bible right now. Do I have any witnesses, church? I just really just, can we put the Bible over there for just a few moments? Because the stuff I'm about to say, I don't want the Bible in the room. I don't want the Bible to hear it. Would y'all be honest? Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. The stuff I'm going to say, I don't even want to take the phone out the room. I don't want the app to hear it. I don't even just mm -mm. flip them CD cases over so I don't see Bishop's face looking at me. Flip them over. Flip them over. 
Another voice showed up. I'm almost done. To test what he really believed because you can't trust what you haven't tested. So God says to trust you with the best. I have to test you when you're weak. Jesus is weak. Say he's weak. His humanity is mentally and emotionally weak and he's under pressure and that's when he's sent to be tested. Not when he was strong, but when his humanity was weak. And the word tempter means to scrutinize, to prove, to try. Watch this. To entice to give up something. To stop giving, to stop praying, to stop worshiping, to stop serving, to stop coming to church. It is, watch this, it is now the definition of what happens in a test. You missed it, church. Say the tempter. Say the enemy. Here's what the enemy came to do. The enemy came to scrutinize. Scrutinize means look at it and tear it, and tear it apart. Like I'm finna do this mic. Bless God. Say scrutinize. Anybody this year you felt like every part of your life, it just was just, give me some paper, please, please. No, not them offering envelopes. Give me that paper. There we go. No, that, there you go. Super. There's no one be wasting, you know, no one waste. We'll be good stewards. So you start the year a little betrayal. You good, though. Now you're dealing with the aftermath of it. And, but you're like, at least my family's good. At least my job is good. Friday's your last day. At least my credit's good. Experience, transfusion, and Equifax had a mutiny and all turned on you at the same time. Nobody? Nobody? At least I got friends. At least I got friends. And you're looking at your life, and it's like all in pieces. And the trip about it is it's in so many pieces, you don't even know how to put it back together. Where do I even start? Where that piece go? Where does this go? Say scrutinize. Then it means to prove. Then it means to try. That's why some stuff this year has tried you. But then to entice you. See, it's not a real test unless you can be enticed to give up the best for the rest. It's not a real test until you can be tested to settle for a counterfeit. It's quiet here. It's not a real test unless you can be enticed to give something up. That's what this word means in the Greek language of our New Testament. It means to stop. But then watch this. Can I help your neighbor? Can I help your neighbor? Yes, sir. So that's what tempter means. But he says he came to be tempted by who? The devil. There's a Greek word there, which means testing to determine its ingredients and quality. Hmm. You missed it. Say, what's really in me? Who am I really? But here's what's interesting. This, this, as this definition continues to go on, this definition of this word, tempted watch this here's what it means it means tempted during an endeavor so you're weak but you're on a journey somewhere but you don't currently possess the strength to finish the journey without the test so the test is necessary to qualify you and give you the strength necessary to finish the journey T touch your neighbor and say this was necessary 
Here it is, I got to finish. Genesis, Jesus, rather, had to win against the tempter to prove he could win the world while he was under pressure, emotionally and physically weak. There's some big stuff God has ordained for your life. And he says, you're going to have to deal with this to qualify for that. Watch this, verse 3. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, watch what he says. If you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread, which teaches us how tests come. They come as questions. When something happens in your life, your response often is a question. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Say, it comes as a question. Here's the question. After all the great things you've been declaring over yourself and reading what God's word says about you, are you really who you say you are? He says, if you are the son of God, command these breads to become stone. Son of God is a Hebrew idiom, just means God in the flesh. He, watch this. He's tested with the lust of his flesh. First John 2.16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the father but of the world. Bishop, what do you mean the lust of his flesh? He's hungry. So this first test is to get him to do what's easy. It's his default. Do what you've always done. Respond how you've always responded. Do your default. Anybody know what I'm talking about when you talk about your default? See, your default is the way you've always responded. See, if you've been abandoned, your default is to abandon. If you've been rejected, your default is to preemptively reject. Y'all not hearing me? If you've, if you've had a lot of drama, your default is to give people drama. If you've gone through a lot of betrayal, your default is to be and take on the spirit of the circumstances you've gone through. So his default is he's tested with something simple. Say it was simple. Say it was the easy way. He says, if you are who you really say you are, command these stones to become bread. See, one of the first tests you had to deal with this year is, are you who you say you are? Or is it just a bunch of hype? Not because God didn't mean it, but because you don't believe it. But, but touch your neighbor and say, this year, I found out who I really am. Evidently, you didn't. So let me remind you, you are the curse breaker in your bloodline. You are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. You Say, I found that out this year. Verse 4, i got to finish. But he answered and said, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Say, the word got him through the test. This is why I always tell you the importance of getting the life-giving messages, the CDs, for, or getting the message on our website, or getting them through the mobile app, or getting auto message. Why? Because Jesus didn't say, that's what he didn't say. He didn't say, look, man, leave me alone. He said, I read it. The Bible says it. The message said it. The word says it, which means even though you're asking me questions, I'm going to tell you the answer. The word says this. Even though this situation is making me question who I am, I choose to believe who he said I am rather than this circumstance making me doubt who I am. Verse 5. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple. Now, notice verse 5. Then the devil did what? He took him up. Check it out. After the first test. See, when you don't talk to me, I don't think you get it. And I want you to get it. Then the devil took him up. Into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. You missed it. You're feeling real low. You go through a test and that first one you're like, I'm on 10. 
then the next test is gone. Here's your problem. You thought that one test meant the end of the test. Not understanding there are many tests within the test. So, so second test, the enemy takes him up, which means, watch this, he stopped opposing him. Took him up, say it looked like he was making progress. This is why, watch this, uh, earlier in this year, after your first test, it was like, I'm doing good now. Things are great. Things are got moved in. I'm good. Because everybody's like, okay, I'm going to test you from a different perspective. Test you from a different vantage point. Then the devil took him up to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle temple, and look what he says to him. So he asked another question. If you're the son of God, kill yourself. Interesting. Why would he tell him that on the top? Because you're most vulnerable when you've just had great victory. Why? Because you take your guard down and go in celebration mode. And when you take your guard down and go in celebration mode, now you're vulnerable. He said, if you're the son of God, just, just, just throw in the towel. For it's written. He said, you're going to use the word on me, I'm going to use it on you. For it's written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. See, one test can be over, but another test can just be beginning. One test was at a low place, the next test was at a high place. Which means, watch this, uh, an increase in life does not necessarily mean an end to test. He says, he says, he says, he says, watch this, the next test was thoughts of giving up on his life and throwing it all away. But notice the root. It was a challenge to who he was to the core. He says, if you are who you say you are, watch this, then why are you going through this? If you're really who you say you are, if your God really is who you, your God says he is, why are you dealing with this? Just throw it all away. There's no reason to live. After all, nobody cares because the people who should have cared left you. So no one else possibly could. In fact, I don't even think you're worth loving. Oh, you know the stuff he whispers. You know the stuff he, he whispers. You know, why wouldn't so? You must be really jacked up if so-and-so didn't keep you. Mm. What's wrong with you? Mm. Tooth be told, you're probably going to be exactly like that relative you didn't want to be anything like. I, I don't know what to tell you. Why don't you just give up? Anybody been tempted with some give up thoughts this year? Touch your neighbor and say, that was part of the test. But touch your neighbor and say, but I passed. But then, but then, but then, but then, but then, but then, but then. Because see, 1 John 2, 16, lust of the flesh, your default human nature. That was the bread. Second test was the lust of the eyes, envy and jealousy. What was the jealousy about? What was the envy? Is that you only start thinking that way when you start comparing your practice footage to somebody else's highlight reel. And you'll start saying, well, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not this. Maybe I'm not that. Maybe this, maybe that, maybe that. Here's the next test. I got to finish. Verse 7. Then he said to him, it is written again. He's like, apparently you didn't hear me the first time. <laughs> you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Verse 8. Again. The devil said, well, then let's go higher. Let's give you another victory. 
Let's give you another breakthrough. You're missing it. You're missing it. Look at this year. Right after great breakthroughs, that's when you saw some crazy stuff happen. I wish I had some honest people. Again, the devil took him on an exceedingly high mountain. He said, that last mountain, you know, whatever. We're going to Pikes Peak in Colorado. Isn't that the biggest one here? Something. Let's just go with that for the story. Let's just go with that. Is that a working narrative? Okay. He's like, okay, so this mountain went high enough. I'm going to take you all the way up here where they make them donuts. <laughs> they make special donuts up there. He said, I'm going to take you all the way up here, he said, and I want you to look at all the progress you've made. And he says, he shows them all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and he said to them, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. That's the third one, the pride of life. He said, listen, don't you want more? Don't you want greater? Don't, don't, don't you want to be more than this or that? He tests him, and he tests him with pride. Say pride. pride. He says, and all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, I'll, I'll give to him. Now, here's the trip. How are you going to give God what is God's? Wait a minute, this ain't the first time he tried that. He tried that with Eve and it worked on her in Genesis. He says that God knows in the day if you eat of it, you will be like God. The problem is she was already like God. So she was tempted with something she already possessed. The third test is being tempted with something you already have. But he wants you to take an illegitimate route to getting something you already have. It's quiet, church. It's quiet, church. It's quiet, church. Some of you say, Bishop Foreman, what does that mean practically in my life? Well, see, you were already accepted. But what you went to go do is, is stop being an eagle or drop down in chicken land to go get accepted down here. You still here? I'm done because the whole right side stopped saying amen. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. Y'all take a note. That's good. I'm just, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. I'm just messing. Say three tests. He's tested three times. And I'm sure after each one, he was like, it's over. Hallelujah. Goes in another one. It's over. Hallelujah. They were singing. Choir was singing. It's only a test. Angels was going. Michael and Gabriel was like, hold on. Be strong. They was going in. They were going in. <laughs> you know, they was going in. And then right after that, a great victory at another test. But then Jesus was like, okay. I've had about enough of this. Here he is playing the numbers again. Verse 10. No, you don't get it. Can you just pretend like you're Bible college for like 10 seconds? Here he is playing the numbers again. When he got on 10, Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan. I ain't dealing with this no more. I'm not taking my life. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting God. I'm not quitting church. For this reason was I sent. Now get to stepping. 
which means the test ends when you look at the enemy and say, away with you, Satan. You aren't taking me out like I dare somebody to just just, just act like you're talking to the enemy and say, away with you, Satan, away. Say, I'm through with these tests. I'm through with you. Uh, say, I'm not going down like this. I'm not going out like that. Say, I'm winning. Say, I know that I know that I know that I am. Get to stepping, Satan. Get up out of here. Bust the move. Watch. Watch, church. Then Jesus said to him, I'm done with all these tests. I've proven that I got what it takes. Touch the neighbor and say, you've proven you have what it takes. Because somebody, you came in here this morning wondering. Look at this. Then Jesus said, away with you, Satan, for it is written. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him. Then the scrutiny left him. Then the temptation left him. Why did he leave? Because God said, you got two ways to go. Now you either get out of here voluntarily or you get up out of here involuntarily. One way, you leave with all your limbs. Other way, not so much. Then the devil left him. I'm going to prophesy to your neighbor. This week, just lift your hands. I don't need you to say nothing. This week, this is not for everybody. It is for somebody. Somebody, you prayed real intently this morning before you came to church. You prayed in a way to where you ain't prayed before. Tears started running down your eyes. You, you had a moment. I know I'm talking to somebody in here. This week, God says, what you do over the next 60 seconds the enemy won't even be able to touch you this week. Uh, what you do over the next 60 seconds, the enemy won't even be able to touch you this week. You're going to have an enemy-free week this week. Say, I receive that. Now praise him if you believe that. my house get up out of my car get up out of my company get up out of my office get up out of my body get up out of my mind get up out 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 you ought to just take 20 seconds and tell them where to get up out of you that's what you ought to do you ought to take 20 seconds and just you get get up out of here get up out of my finances get up out of my relationship get up out of my marriage get Get up out, get up out. Yeah. Wait a minute. 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 You you ain't mad about it yet. Say get out of my finances. Say get out of my family. Say get out of my friendships. Get out of my relationships. Say, get out of my family. Get out of my life. 
Say, get to stepping, enemy. I've proven I got what it takes. This week going to be the best week of this year so far. Just give him praise for 20 seconds for it. Get out of here. I dare you to just act like you're kicking them up out. Get, get out of here. Just, get out of here. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. You ain't getting in my thoughts this week. No, not this week. You ain't, you ain't getting in my body this week. Not this week. Look at verse 11. Then the devil left him. Why? Because he told him to. You sitting up here running from stuff, you can tell what to do. Then the devil, what? Left him. Hear that word again. And? Come on, do it with me. What happened? Angels came. And that word minister there means they strengthened him. You getting ready to be your neighbor's angel. Reach out, grab him by the hand. Reach out, grab him by the hand. Say in the name of Jesus, I speak strength unto you. In the name of Jesus, I speak strength unto you. What has tested you, what has tempted you, together, we tell the enemy, that's enough flee we've proven we have what it takes we've proven we have the strength we've proven we're faithful now angels of God strengthen the hand the life the mind of the hand I hold do it now I pray in Jesus name praise God for your neighbor Praise him for your neighbor. <laughs> Y'all acting a little rowdy at this 1115. Y'all. You're acting like you just kicked him out of some stuff. You're acting like he's out of your finances. You're, you're acting like he's out of your money. You're acting like he's out of your family. You're acting like he's out of your marriage. You're acting like he's out of your kids. You're acting like the test is over. You're acting like the test is over. You're acting like the test is over. Touch the neighbor so you're acting like the test is over. So that's a good way to act. Say, cuz it is. Just stay right where you are. First Corinthians 10 13. There's no move. Just stay right where you are. No temptation, which means trial. Probation, testing, being tried, temptation, calamity, affliction has overtaken you except such as common to man. Say, everybody has been dealing with some stuff. Say, it's common. Here it is. The verse says, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted or tested 
beyond what you are able. Say, he knew I'd pass it. And with that temptation or testing, he'll make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Look at me. The way of escape isn't that you just get out of it. The way of escape is that when they come, you look at them differently. See, it's all about getting you to doubt who God says you are. That's why he says, if you are this, then do this. If you're this, why are you going through this? Let me give you some victory. If you are this, say, that's not who I am. What do you mean, Bishop, that's not who I am? See, you're not the failure. You're not the mistake. You're not the accident. You're, 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 you're not, no, you, you, you're not the things you've done. You're not the mistakes you've made. Say, that's not who I am. But if you don't know that when he tests you, you'll start saying, I'm questioning everything, Bishop. You're only questioning everything because you're not convinced of the one thing you need to be convinced of. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, I am the head, not the tail. More than a conqueror. Gladiator. Man of steel. Person of steel. I'm faithful to God, to, what God, to what's important to God. I'm loyal to God and what's important to him. The kingdom is first in my life. Thank you, because what's hurt me deepest has helped me most. These tests were good for me. They forced me to confront unresolved issues from my past. But the beauty of it is, God knew I'd pass. Say in the name of Jesus, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, which is my mind, that God sent Jesus to die in my place. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R 10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.